Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the time has finally come. It is high school soccer season once again in Nebraska. Welcome back to Nebraska Soccer Talk. Owen Godberson, as always, joined by my good friend, my partner in crime, the Jim the Anvil Nightheart to my Brett the Hitman Heart, Jack Hoover. Jack, what is going on, my man? Oh, and you're taking all the intros in the podcast from now on. That was fantastic. I That was all off the top of my head. It, but we had to bust out all the stops because this is the time of year that we have been waiting for ever since last year's state finals. Class B we're going to start with tonight. And we have some fantastic just stories going into this season. It's going to be a fun season. Jack, let's get right into it. First of all... As our historian, as our high school soccer expert between the two of us, run us through, for those that are having a little bit of trouble remembering, what happened in the 2022 campaign? Well, it started out the way we kind of all expected it, and the way we kind of expected. The Catholic Skyhawks went, well, they didn't go wire for wire. They dropped two games to Class A opposition in Gretna and Millard West. But as far as Class B was concerned, they ran the gamut, ran the table, and they knocked out a very plucky Norris team in what was kind of an instant classic in the finals. I mean, you had early on their goalkeeper for Scott getting sent off for a challenge outside the box. Uh, both teams trading goals and ending 2-2 in regulation. And then finally Scott bringing it home on penalties. I mean, it was an all-time game. Uh, between the Skyhawks and the Titans of Norris. And I got to say, one thing I'll be looking forward to this year that we'll talk about later, I would not mind a trilogy, a final third game between the Titans and the Skyhawks in the state championship this year. But we'll get into that. Outside of the Skyhawks, uh, it was a good year for a lot of teams out west. Um, One thing we'll be focusing on a little bit this season and something to keep an eye on, Uh, it was a little bit of a freshman sensation out west. At SCOTUS, you had Emma Brzezinski from the Brzezinski family uh, leading the whole state in goals with, I believe, 38 last season. And then at Grand Island Northwest, you had, I believe, five freshmen starting almost every game, led by young striking phenom Lupe Sanchez up top. So a lot of good young talent coming from the western part of the state, which we always love to see because that's kind of the reason we started Nebraska Soccer Talk, that Chase... And Joe started it, and that we're continuing it, was to, you know, cover soccer from here, Omaha, all the way to Scott's Bluff. So, And every bit of talent in between, and there is some sensational talent that's going to be out west that we are looking forward to seeing. We want to, as much as we can, get out and see these teams in person. So, if you guys do have any ideas, or if we are going to go out, let's say, for example, we go to Scott's Bluff. We go to Lexington. We go to any of these cities. We will obviously be letting you folks know ahead of time. Hit us up with some recommendations. We would love to try some of your local grub in these places, just as an aside, because traveling for this and seeing these teams in person, Mm -hmm. it's going to be so much fun this year. We're looking now, like we got the players to look for. We've got some matchups we're going to be talking about in a bit. But first, let's look at the top 10 teams going into this year. Who you got? So this is fun because this is, you know, usually our most little controversial bit. You know, some people feel hard done to not have been put in the ranking. Some people think they'll be underseated. Some people, some people might think that they've been overseated and they don't want that target on their back. I don't know. Kind of depends. Uh, but 
we looked at the stats, we looked at the players, and we've just kind of compiled our list here. And, you know, I know when Joe did this, he always liked to have a disclaimer of that this is for fun. These rankings are, you know, obviously not meant to be taken seriously in a way of, like, they don't affect competition. But it's just something fun to talk about and examine and, you know, kind of put a highlight on a lot of these top teams. No, I think we should put uh, – th- these are a lot better than the FIFA rankings that they have for the national teams, I will say. Yeah, we're just going to become the seeding competition for state. You know, yes. we're, the, we're the committee. Yeah, we're going to give the, the – we are the seed. We are the committee this year. Of course. All right, let's break it down. So we got number one at the top. I think this is going to be a huge surprise to many people. Cox. Surprise, surprise. Wow. I, I did not see that one coming at all. What? Why Scott number one besides the obvious reigning champions, very good program? Yeah. I mean, Scott is just on a great run of form right now. Uh, I mean, Coach John Carlson, doesn't really matter who he's got, though. He always knows how to get a good team, a good cohesive team going. And Scott's returning a lot of talent uh, from last year. A player to watch on that team is going to be Lakin Appel. Second team All-State last year, and she was our pick at Nebraska Soccer Talk for the Class B Girls Tournament MVP. Excuse me. Uh, but Lakin, I mean, she she's a great winger. Uh, kind of a, a very much an out-and-out, like, you know, chalk-on-the-boots winger. Loves to hug the sideline. Uh, plays on that left side and has a great left foot. Whips up a ton of balls that usually get put in the back of net by Scott's very physical forwards. Uh, one of the best left, fo- left foots in all of Nebraska soccer, I would have to imagine. Uh, but she'll be good. She's going to North Texas. She'll be one to keep an eye on. But besides that, I mean, it's just the whole cast of characters at Scott that's going to be good. Now, if Scott is going to be your number one team, I can only imagine who comes in at number two. Let me take a wild guess. Is it Norris? It is Norris. So Norris, of course, <clears throat> I mean, what a great matchup they had last year between Scott and Norris. And I really, really would love to see another matchup in the finals between those two teams again. I know a lot of teams are going to have their say about it this year. And Norris, I don't know. My question mark is, will they be as strong as last year? They did lose Sofia Tolero, their leading goal scorer. And then I believe, to the best of my knowledge, Reese Bohr graduated a semester early to go join up the Nebraska, join up with the Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, for her future college career. But they still have a lot of talent, uh, namely Kennedy Sullivan uh, out on that wing position. I mean, I think she was their leading goal scorer last year. Big fan of wingers. On, on Big fan of those. wingers. Absolutely. I love some good winger play. You know, they really open up the game. Uh, good dynamic attacking options there. Uh, and that's exactly what Sullivan is. Uh, she'll be heading to Boise State, which obviously they have a great program out there. So she's got some talent. But she doesn't have to do it alone. Uh, Norris does return outside of Tolero and Bohr. Almost all their starting lineup from last year's state finals. So Kennedy Sullivan, uh, Grace Kohler in defense. Uh, let's see, I believe they have a young freshman, or she was a freshman last year, uh, Klein who came off the bench for them a lot, provides some good minutes. She'll probably have more of an attacking role for the Titans this year. She'll be one to watch. So the Titans will definitely like their chances about going back to the state tournament. They're just going to hope that they can get over that hump and finally knock off Scott. But we'll see. 
Now, we're going out to number three. We're starting to go a little bit west with, and correct me if I'm wrong here on their mascot, the Shamrocks, correct? That is correct. So, Ignatius yeah. On the boy side, the Ignatius Cup regulars. But we've got mm-hmm. Columbus Scotus coming in at number three. Go ahead and uh, why so high up the rankings? Uh, the Brzezinski's are just a really good soccer family. I believe the father, John Brzezinski, a great soccer player in his own right. And then all his, you know, his family seems to be a great coach as well. I believe he coached the boys team for many years when they were on their great run where they won three in a row. Uh, but yeah, his daughters are following in his footsteps. And I mean, Libby and Emma are just two studs out there. Uh, again, Emma, as a freshman, had 38 goals. That's an insane tally. Uh, I mean, I'd have to imagine, you know, if she keeps that rate up and if she stays all four years, goal-scoring record might be hers, you know. Uh, but that'll be something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, Columbus Scotus, I mean, it's just both on the boys' side and the girls' side. It's a very storied program. And it'd be good to see them get back to their spot at the top. I think they'll have a shot this year with the Brzezinski's leading the line. Uh, as well as another talented freshman they had last year, Izzy Kadavi. Uh, she's got a lot of goal-scoring potential as well. So with those three right there, that's a pretty good attacking triumvirate. And, you know, not a lot of other Class B schools can say they've got that same firepower up top. Well, we will see with the Shamrocks whether the luck is on their side and the footballing gods. We'll move on to the fourth spot. Going a little bit north now, up to the Badgers, if I'm correct? Correct. The Bennington Badgers, absolutely. Uh, this is a team that in the past I feel like we have maybe underseeded or not given as much respect to in the Nebraska soccer talk polls. And honestly, even by having them at fourth, we might not be giving them enough respect right now. They're a team that I would not be surprised at all if they did challenge Norris or Scotus for that two position in Class B girls. Uh, they do have a talented team, a team that went to the semifinals last year after they upset Duchenne 2 nothing. Uh, they do lose Mia Hurt, who was a good goal scorer for them, but they do return a lot of attacking talent around her. So I would say to definitely be on the lookout for the Badgers. Uh, both the girls and the boys team are kind of rising together right now at the same time. So, you know, they'll be a force to be reckoned with, I think, for a couple of years to come now. Yeah, and you think losing a player like Mia, that's got to hurt going into this season. But we will keep an eye on Bennington. Moving on to a program that is near and dear to our heart. To the best of my knowledge, Annie Hoover is no longer with the team. Unfortunately, she is not. But I still got a lot of love for the Duchenne Cardinals, and we do as well having them at number five. Jack, break it down. Absolutely. Uh, Duchenne was another team that was really young last year. They only had two seniors in their roster, uh, which who didn't really play a ton. Uh, they weren't the focal points of the team, that's for sure. Uh, the focal point, though, was their young freshman attacker, Janie Peterson. Now, I believe, to the best of my knowledge, she did transfer away to Omaha Marion. So, that's why I kind of moved Duchenne down a little bit. They still do return a lot of talent, um, but missing their young goal scorer, a very athletic forward, is always going to be tough to replace. I mean, you know any team struggles with that. When they lose their out-and-out goal-scoring form. But Scott did a, or not Scott, Duchenne did have a great little cast last year. Your sisters are going to kill you for that. I know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to go back home tonight. 
Uh, but they'll have to forgive me eventually, you know. It's all it's what family's all about. But Duchenne, uh, they will be, regardless of, you know, not having Janie Peterson, will be amongst the top of the teams in Class A this year. They've been on the rise uh, ever since Coach Lauren Moeller took over, I believe three years ago, four years ago, however long it's been. Uh, they've just been on the up and up, and I really do think that they'll like their chances this year. And they'll definitely be a team to keep an eye on. I like their chances better when I could root for my favorite Hoover. It is on, what it is. On the, on the sidelines for them. But we will move on out of the top five into number six. And a team that I'm not terribly familiar with, so I am interested. Grand Island Northwest. Break it down for us, Jackie boy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, this is a team that was really, really young last year. And I can't remember. I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me. It might have been their first state tournament berth last season. I'm not sure 100%. Uh, but obviously, Grand Island Northwest is not one of the blue bloods of Class B girls soccer. Although they might become that, at least for the next four years. Uh, like I said, a very, very talented freshman class last season. Uh, led by Lupe Sanchez. So if all those players stick around and continue to develop together for the next few years, I mean, Grand Island Northwest, to have like that many freshmen on your team, you normally look at a team like that and you're like, oh yeah, they'll be okay this year, they'll be competitive, but you know, two or three years is when they'll be great, you know. You would, you would not have any issue with them missing out on the state tournament, you'd think that'd be fine. But they did it, they, they made it to the state tournament, they won their district. Uh, they did have a tough opening game against Columbus Scotus, which they did unfortunately lose, I believe, 4-1. But just to get that experience for that young group is so invaluable. So for them to already have that under their belt, I really do think the ceiling could be quite high for Grand Island Northwest. Yeah, and speaking of the, the freshmen that they've got, we've seen in the past, obviously at the collegiate level, with Omaha women's soccer, what a freshman class like they had with your Briley mm. Myers, your Katie Goulds, your Margaret Levines in that class. When you have that much talent coming back year after year after year for a certain amount of time, that core is going to develop such chemistry going forward. Look out for GI Northwest over the next couple of years, folks. It will be fascinating to see whether or not they can outdo our ranking at the sixth position. Now we move on to number seven. Who do we've got wrapping up the first the first three-fourths of this list, essentially. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of getting to the end of like the teams that we think would qualify for state. That's one way of looking for it. Uh, but next up, we've got a team that did finish uh, in eighth in our rankings last year. We kind of, or Sorry, we're at seven right now. But yeah, they finished eighth in our rankings last year. We've got them moved up a little bit this year uh, to seven. It's the Elkhorn North Wolves. Uh, again, one of the newer programs in the state. They were only in their second year of existence last season, and they qualified for the state tournament, which is really good for them. Qualified as the eighth seed. That is remarkably impressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely a good program that will be on the rise. I mean, you know Elkhorn. A lot of good soccer talent has traditionally come out of there in the past. I would imagine that will continue to be the case for the future. Uh, it's definitely the case this year for Elkhorn North. they got a talented team. Uh Last year, they were a little streaky. I don't think they ever won more than two games in a row, which, you know, it's kind of hard to win two games in a row when you're playing Elkhorn North's schedule. You know, they had a lot of good Eastern Midland Conference teams, Scud in there a few times, uh, some heavy competition. Uh, based on the PowerPoints, though, they were still able to get a decent seating in state and won and qualified. 
but they returned two of their leading goal scorers from last year, which is always, always important. In Ava, sp- I don't know if it's Spies or Spies. Someone will correct me, I'm sure. Uh, Ava Spies, we'll go with that. And then Kaylee Marshall. Uh, so two very good attackers right there for the Wolves. I think they'll continue to build off that core in their senior class this year. And I, I expect to see them back in the state tournament for the second time in program history. Now we will stay in Elkhorn for the eighth spot. Break it down on why you have, I believe it was Elkhorn, right, at, at the eighth spot? Uh, correct, Elkhorn. So, yeah, we're not going too far away. The Antlers were a good team last year. Uh, they came very, very close to making the state tournament. Uh, like Elkhorn North, they were kind of up and down a little bit. I do think that they were a team, like a lot of these teams on this list, honestly. I don't know what the trend was, but they were dominated by youth last year. Uh, didn't lose a lot this year. And I think just the fact that they've got that returning core. Um, let me see. Let me pull them up real quick. Let's see what I've got. Yeah, so they are returning their leading point getter, Olivia Bailey. She finished with four goals, two assists. Uh, not the most flashy numbers, but a very solid player. Uh, so just having like young players like that back is going to be super important to them. And despite finishing 9-9, nine and nine, since that was their record last year, they did manage some very good wins. They did beat a Columbus SCOTUS team that made state, of course. They beat Elkhorn North. Uh, they beat Waverly, who was a very good Class B girls team as well last season. Uh, and Papio South, who was, you know, always amongst, like, the top 15 in Class A girls. So they had some good results, uh, had some bad results as well, kind of like Elkhorn North. They were streaky. But I think this year, you know, if they can figure it out a little bit, find their footing, they'll be a tough team, a tough out. Now we've got at the nine spot right now, barely make missing out on our preseason tournament qualifiers. Who do we've got at the nine spot wrapping or starting to get into more of the contenders for getting into state? Yes. The people who could just be on the cusp, you know, the bubble teams, you could call them. Uh, but we've got... Lincoln Lutheran, Raymond Central, the co-op out of Lincoln. Uh, This was a team that made state last year, uh, but they made state with a very senior-heavy roster. So whenever I see teams like that with a lot of turnover, I always do have question marks. I want to know, you know, what's this next class going to be like? How much talent do they have there? And, you know, it's not like they lost everyone. Um, They will be returning Jamison Wall who finished with 11 goals, 9 assists last season. Definitely one of their better players. But overall, most of their top goal scorers were seniors. So we'll see about we'll see about Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central. They're always a fun one to keep an eye on. And wrapping up the top 10, the team, the, the Class B side that I support full-heartedly, thank you to Mary Godverson and shout-out to my mother. Absolutely. The Mercy Monarchs. What are our girls looking like this year? So the Mercy Monarchs, um, they were, again, another one of those also-rans last season. Had a good record, 12-7. and <sighs> Mercy's one of those teams that always kind of finds themselves, you know, around that 8, 9, 10 spot. I know last season they flirted with the top 10 rankings a lot. They were either in our team to watch or they were in that 8, 9, 10 spot quite often. Uh, they just didn't have enough to propel them forward in the state. But I think this season, you know, just the way that Mercy works, they always just seem to go in waves. One year they've got a really good year. 
Uh, the year they made the semifinals, I think it was like four or five seasons ago. And then they have years where they go about 500, don't make state. I think they're due for a good year. I think the Monarchs are definitely a team to keep an eye on. I don't know if they'll be at the caliber of making state yet, but I want to believe. I want to have faith. So keep an eye on the Mercy Monarchs as per always. And then before we finish out, we'll just kind of go over, and we always like to do teams that aren't in our top 10 rankings, but are teams to keep an eye on, right? Teams just to watch. Bear, the honorable mentions. The honorable mentions, exactly. And it's in no particular order. Uh, and there might be some teams that aren't in the teams to watch that are, you know, might have been ranked higher than these teams if we had done like a full ranking of every team in Class B. Use it as motivation if you're not on this list. Prove Absolutely. us wrong. Absolutely. I will always say that. We want you. We want to be proven wrong. If that, if, if you need to take our polls as motivation to do better for your season, then good. I think that should absolutely put, be the goal. Put my face in your locker room as a dartboard. Absolutely. Every, every game. I give you my permission. It's the official Nebraska Soccer Talk endorsement. So our teams to watch now. First off, Scott's Bluff. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Scott's Bluff has been building a good program for years out west, both on the girls' and boys' side. Uh, kind of like Mercy, they were a team that flirted with the top ten last season, You know, falling in, falling out. Uh, obviously, it's just not a team we know a ton about being so far out west. And also the fact that they play like 25% of their schedule is against Wyoming teams, which is kind of fun. I kind of enjoy that. I respect them. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously born out of necessity, but still, different challenge. Uh, but yeah, Scott's Bluff, they were really good last year, or almost really good. Uh, and then any team, like, if they ever get a host a district, you know, I, always, I will. If they feel, get to host a district, we're going. Oh, absolutely! We'll be out there in Scotts Bluff. Maybe we don't want. We don't want to confirm that yet, but maybe it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, watch out for Scotts Bluff. Uh, next up, and this is going to be one that I think will be a little bit interesting. Uh, will be Concordia. Ooh, yes. interesting. Uh, not a historically powerful team by any means, uh, but I think they'll be. They were young last year, like a lot of these teams. They were young. And, Owen, you know the benefits of having good goalkeeping play. Yes, I do. Yes. Goalkeepers are goalkeepers are the backbone for any championship winning team. Exactly. You know, it's like in hockey. They say, you know, if you have, like, a goal who's got a hot hand in the playoffs, you can ride him to the Stanley Cup. Same thing kind of goes in soccer. Maybe not to the same extent, but you could argue, too. To a similar extent. You could argue Donnarumma with Italy was Exa one of yeah. the most important players in that Euro run. There you go. Donnarumma. I mean, so many other goalkeepers have inspired Champions League wins, World Cup wins. A little bit. Uh, but they do have a good goalkeeper at Concordia. Um, let's see. Emma Barnes. She's a D1 commit to Tarleton State. So I think just having that level of you know, play between the posts is going to be huge for Concordia. So if they can find a way to score goals, I'm sure Emma Barnes will keep them out of the net. So I think Concordia, definitely going to be a team to watch. Next up, we have Platteview. Platteview was, uh, again, another also-ran team last year. Uh, they did win their conference tournament, although, to be fair, their conference is a little bit smaller, uh, playing in the Centennial, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But they got some good players. Uh, Emma Middleton, another good goal scorer for Platteview. Uh, I think Platteview is going to be a tough out for a lot of teams, a surprisingly tough out. So be careful if you're venturing south of Omaha. Uh, watch out for the Platteview Trojans. 
And then finally, uh, Kearney Catholic, another program that's been building up for a little bit. Uh, for being you know, a little bit of a smaller school, they got some good club players on their team. Uh, a few seniors to look out for. Uh, but overall, Kearney Catholic, you know, they've been one of the teams that have been kind of you know, hovering around the bubble for a few years. And maybe this year could be the year they finally break through. We'll see. I'm excited for that possibility. I do really like these teams to watch. Just barely outside. We might see one or two of these break into the top ten. We have some fascinating storylines going into this Class B season as well, Jack. What are some of the things that stand out to you that people should really keep an eye on when it comes to this Class B girls campaign. Yeah, first off, uh, the obvious one, the one we'll probably talk a lot about is who can stop Scott? Part one. We'll get into part two later. Uh, But part one, I mean, Scott is just going to be, by the looks of it, pretty dominant. But, you know, we had this discussion last year. Um, I know Joe talked about it a bit. If you had asked him, you know, he he would have said that, you know, Scott versus the field, you know, maybe you might have liked the field options a little bit more last season. This year, I don't know so much. Um, I think Scott will be potentially cut above. But again, I really do like some of these teams that we've gotten our top five so far. I think they've got a good, they've got the possibility of pushing them a bit. Uh, Bennington could be really good, of course. Norris should be motivated by revenge, I would think, after losing twice. And then, obviously, in penalties last year. And then... They, were, they came so, so close, close. So close. It was... I mean... Penalties are never fun. Unless you're unaffiliated with either team shooting. But, or you're the goalkeeper. Or you're the goalkeeper. If you're the goalkeeper, you got to live for moments like that. No, 100%. Goal, any goalkeeper will tell you this. Looking at a shootout, you cannot possibly be the villain. You can only be mm-hmm. the hero. So I know some goalkeepers, you know, if you're a little afraid of penalties, if you're a little overwhelmed, just look at that perspective. I mean, you're not expected to save it, really, no. if you're being real with yourself. absolutely. Nobody not. will ever blame a goalkeeper for losing a penalty shootout. Exactly. So Norris then will probably have revenge written all across their locker room, you know, chanting it before practice. I don't know. They're going to be motivated. Uh, and then, of course, Duchenne, you know, they've been longtime rivals with the Scott Skyhawks. I think it's been a few years since they've beaten them in any game of soccer, whether it be the state tournament or otherwise. They did come very close last season, though, in the uh, River Cities Conference Tournament. So Duchenne, I think, will be very motivated to beat Scott. So that's the thing, though. You know, when you have a powerhouse team like a Scott, you know, Every team's going to be so motiva- motivated to beat you. You are going to get every team's best shot because when they're looking at the calendar, that's the game they're circling. You know, we got the number one team coming. So, especially if they are, especially if this is like you're hosting, Scott, you want them to come to your place and you want it to make the, an absolute nightmare for them. Exactly. You want, you know, if it was like basketball, you know, you want the opportunity for the fans to storm the court. You want that huge win. It's a moment that players and coaches and fans of these quote-unquote smaller teams from around the state, right? Mm -hmm. It's something you dream of. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The moment that you pull off incredible upset like that. Mm -hmm. I I, I think a lot of teams will be gunning for it. It'll be something to keep an eye on. And then one other storyline we'll be looking at will be just 
just the rise of this this young freshman talent. Well, I really should say sophomore talent now. This young sophomore talent out west. I mean, for so many years, you, you see the the state tournament. Now this would be class of twenty five, correct? Twenty, I think so. If our, if our math suit. is right, if we're wrong on that, please let us know. On yeah, that's you know the least of the things we could be wrong about. Uh, but you know, you see the state tournaments, and sometimes they're dominated by teams from the metro area from Omaha. But we all know that it's so much better when you have teams from all over the state coming. You know, those first days of the quarterfinals when you've got people coming in from Kearney, from Lexington, from Grand Island, uh, Scott's Bluff last year. Uh, It's just so much better when you have people from all over the state who can get into it, who can follow it. So it really is reassuring to see this rise of talent in Class B um, out west with SCOTUS, with Northwest. And maybe with some other teams. Uh, again, we, we highlighted Kearney Catholic. We highlighted Scott's Bluff. I really would love to see those teams continue to progress and compete with a lot of these teams from Omaha, from Lincoln, who have you know access to different club facilities, of course. Uh, ECNL soccer out here is obviously much more ready, readily available you know, for those who might tout the merits of that. Um, but just to see those teams come and hang around with the Scuts, with, you know, all your local Metro teams, your Lincoln teams, your Norrises, it's just very reassuring, and I would love to see that continue to rise this year. Yeah, you want to have competitiveness when it comes to these games. You don't just want to have one team running away with it like you see in certain leagues around the world. Now, you look at some of the teams that we've got across the state. You mentioned the talent that we've got out west and in the metro. Who are some of the individuals that you're looking at this campaign? Who are some of the players Mm -hmm. that people need to keep their eye on for this 2023 season? Well, a lot of them we have mentioned. um, But again, Lake and Appel, second-team All-Stater, probably if she continues her same form, probably going to be first-team All-State this year. I mean, she led Class B girls in assists last season. Very dynamic winger. We love good wing play. Uh, she's one to keep an eye on. Definitely been on the lookout for her. Uh, and then, you know, you got the Tess Barons at, uh, at Scott as well. Heard that name before. Exactly. How many, how many good soccer players from that Barons family have come through? It feels like Scott every year has a really good player named Barons. Is it just like a regen on Football Manager every single time? It's just a very, very talented family, truly. Apparently. And I got to imagine, I mean, I don't want to predict, you know, I don't want to predict the future too much. But, I mean, both sisters went to UNO. We're Mavericks. You got to wonder, is Tess going to follow in their footsteps? We will certainly find out. I hope so. Yeah. But, yeah, she, she was really good last year. I mean, she played – she was a utility player for the Skyhawks, you know. They would put her up top if they needed her, but in the big games, they put her in the back line, center back, and she did remarkably well there. Still managed to score 10 goals, four assists. Actually, maybe more. I don't know. Scott Girls was a little weird with the with their stats on max preps last year. The, all, not all their goals were in, so I'm not sure if those numbers are right. What good of a problem is that to have where you score so many goals you start to lose track? Exactly, honestly. Uh, But Tess will be a great one to watch out for. Uh, And then, of course, Kennedy Sullivan. 
as we mentioned from Norris, I mean, you got two wingers who are just great potentially going up against each other when Norris and Scott should they meet this season. Uh, so that'll be a good challenge to look out for. And then, I mean, I want to say the Brzezinski sisters again, but we, you know, we've talked about them, what they offer. So we will, you know, look out for the Brzezinski sisters. Obviously. We'll say that. Yeah, check it out. If you ever get the opportunity, if SCOTUS is ever in town, go check them out. Or check them out at State. Um, then let's go with... I want to say Bennington's got some good talent this year. Uh, Taylor McFalls is just a sophomore last year. <clears throat> Led the team with... Well, was second on the team with 11 goals, 4 assists. <clears throat> and was pretty instrumental in their run to the semifinals uh, through districts into the semifinals. Bennington's going to have a lot of talent, though, this year. I really do think they'll have a stacked roster. They'll be an interesting one to look out for. And Taylor McFalls, at least up top, she could be leading the way for the Badgers. Obviously, there are so many more Class B players than this. So if we have... If you are feeling aggrieved to have not been on this list, like we said, use it as motivation. Prove Absolutely. Us, prove us wrong. Get into the form of mm-hmm. your life. We always want that as motivation for these players. We're looking at the campaign as a whole. We're mm-hmm. starting to get into the schedule and the fixtures. What are some of the biggest games that stand out? You've talked about Scott and Norris, the revenge game. Obviously, Norris desperately wanting to knock Scott off of that pedestal. What are some of the other matchups that you're looking at this year that could be firecrackers? Mm-hmm. So, in the regular season, <clears throat> well, we just looked at... Uh, we obviously weren't able to see all the games. Obviously, we're a little limited in our research by the fact that you know this is not our day job as much as we wish it was and it's just really just the two of us trying to sit down together and talk about stats talk about games but from what we have done uh we have picked just a couple games to keep an eye on first off scott bennington it's going to open up the season really on march 16th so two top five teams going at it uh, an important match for Bennington. You know, if they were to get a result in this game, if they were to knock out the Skyhawks or even keep it very, very close, I mean, that would be a huge signal of intent from the Badgers. So keep an eye out on that one, March 16th. You can't ask for much of a better opening game than that. Uh, then March 20th, and so not much further, still kind of in the opening part of the season. We love a good Darby, Owen. Oh, we do good we Darby. ever. Absolutely. I don't know if they've got a name for this. They probably should. Uh, but we've got Elkhorn versus Elkhorn North. Two teams that we put <clears throat> at 7 and 8 in our rankings. We'll see how right or how wrong we possibly are pretty soon in the season. Uh, Elk North and Elk will be a good game, very talented game. I'm sure passions will be a little bit high due to the fact that, you know, I'm sure all these players are very, very familiar with each other. So Elkhorn North, the Elkhorn Derby maybe, whatever we want to call it. Come up with... Us, uh, the Elkhorn peeps that we've got listening to this show, let us know what we should call this Derby because every Derby's got to have a cool name. Absolutely. El Trafico in, in Major League Soccer. El Clasico, obviously. Der Clasico. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that can be a little bit boring. The Old Firm. Old Firm. Come up with some fun names. I, I want to hear what, what the Elkhorn peeps are going to be calling this game going into the season. Absolutely. And then another game we highlighted for April 10th, SCOTUS. Columbus Scotus, the Shamrocks, will be taking on G.I. Northwest, the Vikings. In a battle of the sophomores that we highlighted, uh, we will see 
who is going to come out on top there. Uh, it'll be a really interesting matchup between the Brzezinski's and the young core of GI Northwest. Uh, both teams will probably know a little bit more about themselves at that point in the season because it is later on. With the other two games we highlighted, I mean, it's pretty much the first game or second game of the season for those people. Uh, but Skoros and GI Northwest, they'll be in form. They'll be gearing up for the state tournament at that point. And that is going to be a really, really fun one. Obviously one that we wish we could make it out for. We'll, we'll, we'll get around to traveling at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll make we that will, happen. We will do our best to get around the state to see all of you players play this mm-hmm. season. Because we do want to come out. See, cause we can look at stats all day long. But you know you got to pass the eye test. You exactly. you got to go out and see some of these players in person first. There's obviously going to be some phenomenal matchups. Outside of these three, let us know what you guys think are some of the most electric Mm -hmm. Class B girls matchups going into this season. It'll be a lot of fun covering it this year. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off of that, I mean, again, we really are only two people who just really enjoy soccer. We enjoy soccer in Nebraska, and we're trying to cover it as best we can. But we do rely on the support of the community you know, we always love getting tips from parents, from coaches on which players to look out for, which teams to look out for. It helps us a ton to get that inner perspective. So, you know, if you want to help us, tag us in any posts throughout the season on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, feel free to give us a shout out. And with that, I will plug, uh, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at Nebraska Soccer Talk or Nebraska Talk, depending on the platform. Uh, check out our website. We're going to get that up and running as well this year. I'm uh, going to try to post a lot of our polls, a lot of content on that. And join our Patreon uh, club as well. Uh, it's only $2 a month. It's very cheap. We ask for very little. Uh, but if you just want to support us and get exclusive content, early access to content like our polls, uh, all things like that, then sign up. You know, we, we always love it, you know, no matter how much. You know, it is. And then follow us on our personal socials as well because we would love to see. We'll get as many eyes as we can, highlights, clips, pictures, whatever you folks tag us in. Owen underscore Godverson on Twitter. You should be able to pull it up easily. I know my last name is a little long. G-O-D-V-E-R-S-O-N. It is down in the description. Jack, I believe yours is still Jack Hova. Is that correct? Jack underscore Hova. H-O-V-A. It's something from high school. I don't even really know why I have it that way. But that's what it is. Give it a follow if you'd like. Tag us. So for Jack, for Owen, for Nebraska Soccer Talk, this has been our Class B Girls Preview. We're looking forward to the start of the season. It's going to be a great one. It is going to be a lot of fun. And stay tuned. Take a listen to our Class B Boys and our Class A previews as well. And before the end of this part, just want to wish every single player, fan, and coach of the Class B girls this year best of luck this season. May you stay, well, may you have fun. May you stay safe throughout this entire season. And hopefully to see all of you at state coming this year at Morrison.